book of Luke, Luke, and we'll be in chapter number 24, Luke chapter number 24. As you're turning there, I'd like to ask you a question, something that you uh, to think about as you're turning in. I'd like to ask you, what do you think of when you hear the word encounter? What do you think when you hear the word encounter? What pops into your head? As uh, Brother Lyle was just singing a song about our Savior, you know, when I think of the word encounter, I think of the first time that I'll be able to encounter my Lord face to face in heaven. As someday when he comes to take us again, or maybe if it's before that, just being able to stand face to face in a physical encounter with the Lord. I think of that moment, and I look forward to that moment. Uh, In Luke chapter number 24, we are going to talk about some people who had an encounter with the Lord. They had an encounter with the Lord. Uh, Luke chapter number 24, we're going to start reading in verse number 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass... As he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. In this passage, we see how Jesus had an encounter with some of his disciples and how they were able to encounter the Lord in person. Right at the very beginning of this story, as they walk this dirt road, They can't help but talk about Jesus. Jesus had had an impact on their life. They had encountered him. They were focused and their eyes fixed on discovering more about who he was. 
there is something to learn from these two guys in this story if we're going to have a real encounter. Their ambi the ambition of their hearts was to discover more about Jesus. I wonder how many of you here today listening have had a real encounter with God. How many of you have had a real encounter with God? Truly witnessing the power and the presence of God in your life. You know, these two men, as they were walking, they didn't realize that they were in the presence of God. You know, God had not quite revealed it to them who He was. They didn't know that they were having a physical encounter with Jesus. Now, I would assume that the majority of us here today would have had at least one encounter with the Lord. And that would be at salvation. If you are saved, then you have had some sort of encounter with God. Uh, personally, for me, I was five years old. I believe it was in September of 2001 when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe it was a Sunday evening after church, and we went home, and I had been asking my parents questions about what exactly was salvation and how I can have it. And so they uh, took me up to their room and they started to explain things. And growing up in Sunday school, I, I knew the answers to the questions. But at that moment, I really came to realize what my sin was and how it affected me. And how that Jesus paid the ultimate price for my sin and in my parents' room, sitting on the floor next to their bed, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I had an encounter with God. I'm sure many of you have had that similar encounter with God. Maybe it wasn't in your parents' bedroom. Maybe it was later in life. Whatever the case may be, you had an encounter. But sadly, there are a lot of Christians in this world that that is the only encounter that they have. They fail to witness the power of God in their lives from that moment forward. Since that moment, there have been times where I have struggled with my faith, as I'm sure many of you have at one time or another, where you've slipped and fallen and it's been difficult to get back up again. And growing up in a Christian household and uh, for a majority of my life being in a pastor's home, there were times where I knew all the answers, but I didn't really know what it meant for me. My parents were good, are, are good Christian, uh, good Christians, and they led me in the way that I should go. But it wasn't until later in my life that I really came to the realization what real Christianity was and what a real encounter with God would mean for my life. It wasn't until much later, it was actually my senior year of college, when I had a real encounter with God. I had been struggling with my decision to go into full-time ministry and to remain at Bible college. I had surrounded my life with friends that weren't leading me to spiritual things, but leading me towards the things that would rather please my flesh. I began to stray. 
and through the first semester of my senior year, continued to struggle. I just went back and forth. And I kind of came to the place where I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to finish Bible college. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to finish. But when I'm done, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to give God the rest of these four years. I'm going to give it to Him because I promised it. But after that, I'm going to go off to business school or whatever interest was before me. But then I had an encounter. Even though I had surrendered to remain at Bible college, I hadn't totally given my life back to God. I continued to surround myself with the friends that weren't helping me. I continued to spend time more focused on work than the Lord. I was more focused on being successful and making more money, and I wasn't so much focused on my relationship with God. I put myself in some bad situations, situations where I could have made some really big mistakes. But then I had my encounter. While some of these people that I, were, I was with were making some bad decisions, I came to the realization that I didn't want what they were moving forwards to. I came to the realization that the joy and the happiness that they were looking for was not the one that I wanted. The life that they were moving towards, I didn't want to have a part in. I started to recall my first encounter with the Lord. I started to remember the life that my parents had wanted for me. I started to remember the things that they had trained me up in to help me make the right decisions. And the Lord began working on my heart. He began to prod me in the direction away from the direction that I was going. He began to convict my heart. Inside my heart, I knew I wasn't in the right place. I knew I wasn't doing the right thing. I knew that I had to get as far away as I could from the path that I was on. the Lord began to work a change in my life. That evening, I went to my room and I began to pray. And there I had an encounter with God. Right then, it was clearer than ever exactly what God had in store for me. I didn't know exactly where He would lead me or exactly what He would have me do, but I knew in that moment that God wanted my life. He had given me a small taste of what I thought I wanted. But by the end of it, I knew that's not what I really wanted. What I really wanted was to follow God. I wanted to be passionate about what God was passionate about. 
Instead of drawing away from Him, I wanted to draw closer to the God that had saved me. I want you all to realize that you can have an encounter with God. Maybe you've had a few. Maybe you haven't had one in a while. But each and every one of you can have an encounter with God. You really can. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, there are more than two or three of us gathered here today. But are we gathered together in his name? You know, there have been times in my life where I have gathered at church, but I wasn't doing it because I knew it was for his name. There are times that I went to church only because my parents wanted me to. There are times that I only went to church because I felt like I should. There are even times that I went to church not wanting to be there at all. Only the times that I've gone to church where I have gone with the intention of going in the Lord's name have I had an encounter with God. It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Bible doesn't say that God says, I might show up. You know, if I'm not too busy, I might be there. Or maybe if you scheduled it, scheduled it at a better time, then I'm, I might consider showing up. No, the Bible says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Based on this verse, what action do we need to take for God to show up? We need to be gathered together in His name. If the ambition of our hearts is to discover more of Jesus and we are gathered together for Him, we will encounter God. But if we show up to church and we don't expect to spend time with God and if we don't expect to encounter God at church, then how are we ever going to encounter Him? If we aren't going to church with the intention of communing with God and worshiping God, then how is it going to happen? What are you expecting to hear from God? What are you expecting from your encounter with God? The problem is that many times we show up to church, but we're not really showing up expecting to have a life-changing moment with Him. We have a lot of things in our lives that we expect to have at church. We expect there to be prayer. We expect there to be hymns. We expect there to be a message. But are you expecting to have a life-changing moment with God? You know we can have one every day. There's not a limit to the amount of power that you can witness from God. God doesn't put a limit of the times that He can bring about change in your life. God doesn't put a limit on the amount of decisions that you can make for Him. The only one holding us back from making decisions for God and encountering Him in our lives is us. 
I saw this um, little cartoon drawing the other day, and it was a picture of a man laying on the ground, being forced down onto the ground with a boot. There was a boot, and on the boot was written the word sin. And that boot was down crushing on his head. He was stuck to the ground. But then the next picture, it was this man laying on the ground with the boot on his head, but was, what was in the boot was his own hand. His hand in the boot with the word sin on it was crushing, pushing him down, holding him back. The devil's not holding you back. His demons aren't the ones that are holding you back from encountering God. The only one holding me back is me. The only one holding you back is you. God promises us that he will take care of us. That he will give us everything that we need to be successful. God promises to be available at all times and that all that we need to do is reach out to Him. He promises to be there no matter what. But the only ones keeping us from encountering God in our lives is ourselves. What are you expecting to receive from your encounter with God? My dad tells a story of a time that he spent with uh, Dr. Gibbs. Um, My dad had, at the time, was working at Lancaster Baptist Church in California, and um, he had been asked to pick up Dr. Gibbs from the airport, and um, as my dad was picking him up from the airport, he said that Dr. Gibbs was pretty busy, and he was talking on the phone for the majority of the drive, but At times, there were pauses in the conversations, and he was able to ask Dr. Gibbs some questions. My dad asked him, um, what advice would you have for a young man starting out in ministry? And Dr. Gibbs, he turned to him and he said, I just have one word, anticipatory. Anticipatory. Now, to anticipate is to plan for, to look ahead, to be ready for something that hasn't quite come yet. Now while the application of that word was a little bit different, what are you anticipating to hear from God? Are you expecting there to be change in your life? Or are we going to be content with what we have or where we are and just kind of go through the motion? So often, that's how we treat church. Just going through the motions. We go to church, we hear the message, we go home, and we go back to doing the very same thing that we were doing before we left. We don't expect there to be a change. We don't plan for a change. Oftentimes, we do the the exact opposite. We plan to stay exactly the same way we were before because it's comfortable because we think it's making us happy because we're enjoying where we are right now listening to God can be uncomfortable sometimes and so there are times that I'd rather not listen because I don't want to be uncomfortable 
then oftentimes when we do begin to feel a little bit uncomfortable because of the conviction that God is bringing into our lives, we tend to try to blame shift, don't we? We get God starts to press upon our hearts. We try to come up with whatever reason that we can as to why we shouldn't be listening to what is convicting our hearts. We try to blame it on our circumstances, the things that are going on around us. We worry that if we give our lives to God and if we give in to the conviction that He's bringing into our lives, that we're going to be unhappy. That it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be easy. But through it all, when we have true, genuine encounters with God, He will bring about change and true joy. He'll make the difference. But we have to be willing to listen. We have to be expecting there to be a change. We have to expect to have an encounter with God. What are you expecting to hear from Him? In verse number 32. It says, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. They weren't expecting to have an encounter with God at that moment. But when they finally realized that they had encountered God, what did they do? They stopped what they were doing and they went to go tell somebody. They wanted there to be a change. There has to be some action. You have to do something. When you have an encounter with God, you don't just say, well, God, the ball's in your court. I listened to your encounter. I listened to what you have to say. So now, now what? No, you've got to start making a difference. You have to start making a change. You have to take that encounter and do something with it. If we expect God to just do it for us, then nothing's ever going to happen. God will give us the power. God will give us the ability. He will give us the wisdom and the knowledge that we need to grow. But it's what we do with it that will make the difference. Like Pastor says, with the having received the knowledge from the teacher about what is going to be on the test, if you don't fill it out and use the knowledge you were given, you're not going to get a good grade. If you don't take that encounter that you have had with God and start applying it in your life to make the necessary changes to continue to grow, there will be no change. And there may not be another encounter with God for a while because you chose not to do anything with the encounter that He had just given you. The only one that's going to hold you back from a closer relationship with God is you. 
The only one that's going to keep me farther from God is me. My expectation is that we would be able to say the same things as the guys in this story said after their encounter with Jesus. That they'd be able to tell someone about it. That they would be able to start making changes. That their relationship with God would grow. That we'd be able to look back and say and talk about how the power of God changed our lives. So we would be able to sometime in the future be able to look back and just remember the fire and the passion that came about encountering God. You know, there's one thing that I've noticed about every encounter that I've had with Him. That one, I just want to tell everyone about it. And two, that there's just a fiery, burning passion in my heart to make a difference, to make some changes, to work harder, to spend more time with God, to spend more time talking about Him, talking to Him, meditating on His Word, spending more time in prayer, doing something with the change that he has brought, doing something with the encounter that he has brought into my life. What are you doing with the encounters that you've had with God? What are you expecting to hear from God? You know, each and every one of us here knows what we struggle with. We're not dumb to it. It's not like we have no idea what we're struggling with. When you really dig down deep into your own life, you know what is holding you back. We know what is holding us back. But we don't do anything with it. We aren't expecting God to bring about a change. We're not willing to let Him in far enough to start poking us and telling us what to do about it. Instead, we'd just like to keep him at arm's length until something bad happens, and then we're like, hey, help me out of this situation. But as soon as it's resolved, we push God back to an arm's distance. We don't let him in. What is it in your life that is keeping you from an encounter with God? What is it that you're struggling with that is keeping you away from Him? And why is it keeping you away from Him? Why is it that these things that are so trivial that we hold on to, keeping us from the true joy and happiness that God promises to us if we were to only follow Him? Maybe no one knows what you struggle with except you and God. Maybe there are some people that you have confided in that maybe know some of your struggles, maybe not. But whatever the case may be, why can't we just give up what we're holding on to? Because only when we give it all 
will God give it all back? You know, we see that God really did give us everything so that we could have everything. He gave His Son on the cross to die for us, to pay the ultimate price so that we could have it all. The awesome thing about God is that He doesn't stop at that. He doesn't stop giving to us. Every time we give it all to Him, He gives it all back and more to us. That way we can give all that we had plus the more that He gave us, give it back to Him, and it's just a never-ending cycle where God is giving us more than we had before. He doesn't want to stop giving. He doesn't want to stop helping. He doesn't want you to be held back. He wants to give you more. He wants to have more encounters with you. He wants to spend more time with you. He wants to have a better relationship with you. But the ones that are keeping us from that is it's me. It's you. We've got to expect it. We have to look forward to it. You know, in my life there have been some things that I just couldn't wait to do or couldn't wait to have. And, you know, sometimes when you're expecting something, you can get let down a little bit, right? I, I know that there were some birthdays as a, as a child that I had dropped some very subtle hints as to what I had wanted for my birthday or maybe it was for Christmas or whatever the case may be. I was dropping some hints, all right? And I'm positive that my parents picked up on the hints. But you know, there were some times where I got disappointed because I was putting my expectations on it. And I think what holds us back sometimes is when we're wanting an encounter with God and we have an expectation from God, we hold ourselves back because we don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be disappointed with the result. We aren't always willing to give God everything because we don't know what we'll get in return. And sometimes I think we fear giving ourselves over to God because of the unknown. We don't want to get let down. We don't want to be hurt in the process. But God promises to take care of us. He promises to give us everything that we need. He promises to be with us. He tells us that He'll never leave us. And yet, still knowing all that, we aren't willing to give it all for fear of losing it all. For not getting what we expected back. But God's never going to let you down. The only time I've ever been let down is a time that I started to stray. 
You know, there were times maybe in the moment where I felt like, God, why are you letting this happen to me? But when I began to look back at those situations, all I could really see was how badly I messed it up. And when you look back to see where God went wrong, all you can really see is all the mistakes that led up to the disappointment. You look back to see where God messed up and all you see is your own handiwork holding everything back. As Christians, we need to come to church expecting to hear from God. As Christians, we need to come to church expecting to have a change worked in us. Not just showing up because it's the right thing to do. Not just showing up because it's a place where we can get together and maybe just have a little bit of fellowship. Not just because our friends go. Not just because our family goes. But because you genuinely want to have an encounter with God that brings about change. That he can bring about a difference. So he can light that fire in your heart. So that he can give you the passion and the drive that you need to get through the week. You know, so often we come and we may have encountered God on a Sunday, but then Monday, it's just a Monday. You know how it goes. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong on a Monday. And that just seems to mess it all up. And we thought on Sunday that a change was made. I made a decision. I was ready to make a difference in my life so that I could make a difference in the lives of others. And I'm ready to go on Sunday. And I go to bed happy and excited about the change that God has brought about in my life. And then I wake up late on Monday. I start to feel a little scratch in my throat. I'm just more tired than I've ever felt in the rest of that month. But through it all, we have to remember that God's not going to let us down if we continue to rely on him to get us through it. You know, it reminds me of Peter when he walked on the water. He started, he started off great. He got out of the boat, he got on the water, but then what happened? He looked away. He became, rather than focused on God, he took his eyes off of him and started to look at the water. He started to look at the circumstances that he was in rather than the Savior that promises to take care of him through the circumstances. When we become so consumed with what is going on around us, we take our eyes off of God and we feel like we got left high and dry, but in reality... It was us who got us into that predicament. It was us who took our eyes off of God. The problem wasn't God. The problem was me. God wants something great for you. God has an awesome plan for you. 
But when are you going to have a real encounter with the power of God in your life? When's the next moment that you're going to realize, man, I couldn't have gotten myself into this situation. It's only because of God that I'm having this joy. It's only because of God that I'm seeing this success. It's only because of God that I'm closer to Him than ever before. When will that next moment be for you? When you have an encounter with God. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to open up your word and hear from you. And God, I know that in my own life there have been times when I have strayed from you. That I haven't been as close to you as I should have been. There are times when I began to stop relying on your power and started to rely on my own and I got myself into a mess. And God, I know I'm not the only one. I ask that you would be with in every one of us this morning. That you give us a passion and the drive that we need to expect something great from you. That we wouldn't be afraid of being let down, but that we would expect our next encounter with you to be a great one. That it would be a life-changing encounter. That we would be willing to give up everything that we have so that we could grow closer to you. Lord, that you would help us to give up ourselves, not expecting something in return, but that we would give it all because of love. For loving you. For being grateful for all that you've already done for us. God, I ask that each and every one of us in this room this morning would have a genuine encounter with God and that it would be life-changing. That they'd be willing to give everything up for you. Hand it all over. All their worries, all their struggles. That you'd make a difference. God, I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we have to hear from you. To encounter your power. But I ask that you would show us a way. That you would give us the light. That you would give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to do what we need to do to grow closer to you. If you would, with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would say, you know what? I'm ready to have my next encounter with God. That's you. I'm willing. I'm ready to encounter God in my life, to witness the power of Him in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up? You raise it up and put it back down. You're willing and ready to experience the power of God. How many of you would say, you know what, I don't really remember the last time that I had an encounter with God. Maybe you've been struggling with your decision on whether or not you have a relationship with God. Is there anyone here that would say, you know what, I don't know if I've ever really encountered Him. I don't know for 100%. I'm not fully sure if 
I have a relationship with God. That's you, and you say, you know, I'm unsure about my salvation. I don't know if I have a genuine, real relationship with God. If that's you, would you raise your hand up? No one's looking around. If that's you, I'm not sure. I don't know for a fact. If that's you, would you raise your hand? 